Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. Look, it was given. Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. I got an email from Michael Kilkors, and he asked me to give him a shout-out on the show. So, Mike, this one's for you. You know, I got your email back uh, a couple months ago, and I know that uh, you had you were going through tough times. Basically, the diagnosis wasn't good, and you weren't given enough, you know a lot of time, and and um, which was it was sad. And I'm glad to hear that uh, you're cancer free now, and that you're doing well. And I really appreciate some of the kind words that you sent me, Mike. Uh, about how, you know, when it was late at night and you were really struggling, you were going through a tough time, uh, the listening to this show actually got your mind off of, uh, the problems that you had going on in your life and the bad diagnosis and just laying up in a hospital bed. It meant the world to me that this show means that much to you and that it got you through tough times. And I'm really glad to hear that you're doing better and I'm sorry you went through that. Uh, thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, your your kind words mean more to me than probably the show does to you. So thank you, Mike, for sending that to me. Hope everyone's weekend's going well. Tonight's going to be an interesting night. Uh, I'll be talking with Alan from Washington State. And Alan's story is kind of unique in the sense that he had a lot of stuff going on around his property and really wasn't sure what to make of it. And it wasn't until he actually had his sighting that it confirmed the suspicions of all the weird things going on around his property. If you get a chance out there, please visit SasquatchChronicles.com, daily blog. There's additional shows throughout the week. Uh, One of the things on the website is the forums will be coming back. Uh, I want to get all my moderators in place, and there's a couple things I'm working out with the forums right now. Uh, But look for that probably more towards the end of the week. The forums should be back up, and it'll be moderated 
like I said in Wednesday's show, I really wanted the forums to come back. I think it's a cool place for people to share, communicate, uh, talk about different ideas on this topic, and just a cool place for, for people to go. So look for that towards the end of the week. It will be moderated, so it'll be a safe place for people to share ideas. If you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, please email me, wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to have you on the show. Tonight, I want to go ahead and welcome Alan to the show. Alan's from Washington State. He's currently out of state working, but he's from Washington State, and he's had a lot of weird things going on on his property. Uh, Alan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing, and, and thank you for being here. Hey, I appreciate it, man. And if you would, can you give us kind of a, a background of the property? Kind of give us a historical background of things that have happened around there, and then we can walk into your sighting after that. Okay, well, the the, uh, the property has been, uh, it, it was first sold back in the early 40s, and um, there was, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful little piece. I mean, it's, it's got a beautiful view of the river, and the, well, the River Canyon. I don't. I really don't know how to how to how to approach it, but I worked with a guy and um, mentioned where I lived, and he he brought up the fact that he knew a guy that used to live up there. So I pulled out my my phone and showed him some pictures, and he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know that place." He was telling me that the guy that lived there, and believe me, I've been there for five years, and I'm still finding piles of beer cans out in the woods. He told me that this guy was uh he would shoot anything that moved. He was just one of those type of people, you know. And after after we'd moved in and things started happening, I talked to my one neighbor. I have one neighbor on that on our dead end gravel forest road. He he mentioned some things and then the landlord he he mentioned some things about when he bought the property. Now this property was uh was uh it was vacant for you know four three four years it was part of the stress hut repo well apparently according to my one neighbor that lives that lives on that dead end forest road he told me that that they pretty much abandoned the place overnight and after I started putting things together I realized that you know something <laughs> something happened. Uh, the landlord who owns, you know, he's, he's, he's a great guy. He, he buys property all up and down that canyon. He told me that there was, uh, some issues with the place when he per- first purchased it. Now, the back porch is a brand new back porch, you know, since we moved in, but it used to be a, a full length on this. It used to be a full length porch on the back side of this, you know, it's a double wide manufactured. He was telling me that there was, uh, that the four by four post that held up the back porch was snapped off at the ground, that there were bowling ball sized holes through the walls, through the two by fours, uh, in the interior of the house. There were holes through the floor, through the two by six floor joists that went completely down to the dirt. After I started putting things together, things started, started to make sense. That type of damage, you know, through the, I used to be a contractor. I don't know anyone that can bust through those floor joists. I mean, those things really are nearly impossible to bust through unless you have a saw handy, you know? 
Well, the, 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 the layout of this house, I mean, it has, it has a vaulted uh, ceiling throughout. You know, it's probably a good uh, 12 feet, you know, on, uh, at, the, at the peak of the house, running all the way through. And, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in construction as well, and you just don't, you just don't break through two by sixes, you know. I mean, it's, it just doesn't happen. The landlord, I mean, he, he and his wife were still working on the place when uh, we first moved in. You know, I mean, they were just finishing it up when we first moved in. And when we first moved in, this was uh, October of uh, 2010, just weird stuff started happening, you know. I mean, there were, there were things that going on that, uh, you know, the tapping on the windows was the first thing. And growing up in the Northwest, it's like, you know, I heard a lot of stories, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, my youngest brother was, uh, he, he was in the forest service for 17 years and there was just a lot of weird things that were happening. And, and once, once the sighting happened, then, then things started coming together. I mean, I didn't even tell my wife for the first three weeks when I saw the guy, I mean, it was, I mean, as a crow flies, it was probably just a few hundred yards from the back of the house, but to walk it, you know, to go down through the holler and then up, up the mountainside. I mean, if you're talking probably half to three quarters of a mile away from the house, started piecing things together, you know, after that happened. Can you talk a little bit about the tapping on the windows? What what, what were you guys experiencing with that? Well, it just sounded like fingernails. I mean, you know, we, we live in bear country, you know, and so we, we just, we just, we just, you know, chopped it up to, to, to bears, but every time I'd go outside, I'd grab the spotlight, I'd, uh, you know, click on the light, go outside, look around, and there's nothing. The, the, the part of it that really got to me was was the uh, back patio, you know, the, the back deck. We'd hear this, you know, tap, 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 and within seconds, I would go out there with the spotlight, and I would, I would shine it around, expecting to see, you know, a bear running away. Now, the, the, the way the house sits, I mean, there's it's heavily brushed. I mean, you know, the Cascades of Washington State, you know, it's just a lot of brush. I mean, even with a spotlight, you shine that, you shine the spotlight, you're not going to see more than 10 feet into anything. And, um, you know, we've, we're like, you know, what's going on here? I mean, you know, the wife and the, and the kids and stuff, we're just like, you know, who, who would be doing this? I mean, we're out in the middle of nowhere. Why would, why is there this tapping on the glass? You know, I mean, there'd be, there'd be slaps on the outside of the wall. You know, it sounds like just somebody, somebody just, you know, smacking the outside of the wall. As things progressed and as, as I realized what was going on, um, I, I think it was just them wanting us to come outside so they could get a good look at it. They, Smack the outside of the wall. They'd tap on the glass. We'd come outside. They'd already be off in the brush somewhere, and they could get a good look at it. Maybe they were trying to. I, I don't know if they had a memory of, you know, the last occupant of the place, but it it was just it was just it was creepy. It was weird. You know, I mean, there, there should be nobody messing around with your house out in the middle of the nowhere. You know, essentially, I mean. People, people in the Cascades, you know, they everybody owns guns. You know, you don't you don't go messing around. 
What did you think it was? At first, we just chalked everything up to bears. Um, that there was a lot of bears up there. There was a lot of big bears that live up there. You know, at first, at first, we just thought it was that. But, but I mean, like, I, I didn't figure bears would be that fast. You know, to be able to get away from us that quickly. That is odd, especially the tapping on the window or the slapping on the yeah. house. I think of a lot of people who've gone through that, and I think that would drive me nuts. Uh, having that type of activity, especially on your around your home, did you experience anything else that was odd prior to your sighting? There, well, there, you know, just just things being moved in the backyard. You know, I mean, we'd wake up in the, you know, we'd go to bed at night, you know, and you know, we we, you know, I mean, living out in the out in the woods like that, you know, we we sit out back, turn up the radio, you know, put put some music on sit out there at night, you know, have a few drinks, whatever, watch this, you know, look at the stars. It's beautiful at night, you know, the, just the amount of stars you can see. And we wake up the next morning and things would be moved. Um, it was just, it was just, just odd stuff. It's like, well, you know, we all went in at the same time. How did the chairs get turned upside down? How, how did this happen? You know, what, you know, I mean, it, Again, we're before my sighting. You know, we were we we're just chopping it all up to bears. Yeah, and I and I can understand that. I think a lot of people, a lot of people who don't believe in Sasquatch, I think would, or a lot of people who do believe in Sasquatch, you know, probably think in their minds, how could you not know that this is probably a Sasquatch going on? But it, you know, honestly, most people, I think, probably chalk weird stuff up to to either bears or bums living on the property you know, homeless people. Uh, there's a lot of things that get chalked up, but when you start putting the pieces together, you can kind of make sense on, on what's going on. Tell us about your sighting. What kind of walk us into what you were doing and, and tell us what you saw. Okay, well, at, at that point, that was, the sighting was in 2011. We'd been there for just just over a year. And before the sighting, you know, we heard weird whoops and, you know, just odd things that we just, you know, chalked it up to okay, maybe that's just rednecks with some big loud radios, you know, across the canyon from each other. We had a, there were, there were three packs of coyotes living in the area, and we could tell that by, you know, their vocalizations and whatnot. And so one Sunday, I got up, I put my, my pistol on my hip, and uh, I was going to go up the, uh, you know, go up the uh, mountainside behind the house and try to see if I could find uh, one of their dens. Well, I ended up finding one of their dens, and the the, the area I found their de the den was um, it was huge boulders. I mean, it's a boulder field. There's cliffs up the top of the up, up top of the hillside that had you know the boulders had fallen off over the centuries, and I mean it's a it's a perfect area for any kind of wildlife to to have a den. You know, any kind of critter could be up there. I found the uh, the den, and as I was coming up out of the rocks, I looked up the hill, and I was like, well, who's, who's that? You know, I stopped, I looked up the hill, and there's, at first I thought it was a, a person staring at me. Now, all I could see was, was from the from mid-chest up, because he was standing behind bush, and uh, I don't know how long, you know, being a hunter, when you see something, the legit freeze, you know, and I froze, and we had a stare down, and I—I I mean, it was—it was a really, a really.
really good visual. It didn't really freak me out when I see them. You know, you see deer, you see bear, you see elk in the woods, you see, I guess, Bigfoot, and that's what I, that's what I thought, you know. And I figured, well, okay, I'm pretty much done here. Now, to get back to my house, I had to go back into the tree line, down the hill, cross the holler, and then back up to my house. What freaked me out is the way I was followed. I mean, as soon as we took our gaze from each other, I went back into the trees, started down the hill, and I was matched step for step up above and behind me. Now, this is in October, so the leaves started falling. It was, it, it was, it, it seemed to me at the time intentional, you know, like you are not the, the top of the food chain here anymore, you know, I mean, just being stalked that way, it was actually pretty frightening. By the time I got down the game trail and into the clearing at the bottom of the holler, I turned around and I had my gun in my hand at that point because, you know, I was being followed. I knew that I was being followed. And he was making it perfectly clear that I was being followed. After the sighting, I didn't say anything to anybody for about three three weeks, not even my wife. And at that point, I'm like, you know, I don't care. By that point, when I finally told my wife, I, I didn't care. I didn't care what people thought. I know what I saw. I mean, he was actually kind of a handsome-looking guy. I mean, he was huge. At two, at two weeks after my sighting, I went back up to that area where he was standing, just trying to get a visual on how big he was. And I can reach about seven and a half feet with my arm stretched up above my head. And I figured that I was reaching about as tall as what the brush was covering him, so he had to have been at least at least nine feet. His shoulders were massive. I mean, he his hair he was all gray. His hair looked like it had been groomed. You know, the hair on his head, the hair on his shoulders. Um, he had amber-colored eyes, and uh, you know, I actually that that trip that I took up to, up to where he was standing a couple of weeks later. That kind of, uh, I, I thought in my head, you know, I live here. You know, this is my home, too. I am not going to, to be bullied out of my own woods because I've seen something that is not supposed to exist. You know, it was, it, it's kind of a, what happens inside of your head is kind of a weird thing. Um, after you have a, an encounter like that, but... It is kind of a weird thing that you go through. You know, I think a lot of people either stay out of the woods for a long period of time because they want nothing to do with it, or some people have the opposite reaction where it's, hey, I'm going to go right back in there. This thing can't push me out. What time of day was it that you had your encounter? That was, it was in between 3 and 3.30 in the afternoon. It was on a Sunday. Um, there was uh, some really high overcast that day. I mean, you know, just... I mean, it wasn't full sun, but it was kind of, um, I don't know how you, how you describe it, but there was some really high overcast. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was, I could see the, I could see the, the shimmer off of his shoulders from the sun. And I, I really, I really have the feeling that I saw him because he wanted me to see him. You know, I, I mean, I could speculate as to why, but. You know, I mean, I, I try to be a, as objective as possible when it comes to, you know, this kind of stuff. I mean, there's, 
I don't want to say that every that tree that I see is a Sasquatch or that, you know, every every sound here in the woods is, is Bigfoot, you know. It's, I mean, I, I really try to be as objective as possible when it comes to it, but just the sheer amount of stuff that we've had to go through, you know, living on that mountain has been, it's been, <laughs> it, it can get tiring, you know. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not one that wants to prove that they exist, especially after, you know, the, the things that I've, I've heard from my, my brother that, you know, worked for the Forest Service for all them years. I, I don't care if people prove that they exist or not. I don't care if people disbelieve me. You know, I know what I've gone through. I mean. Do you want to talk about what your brother, what happened to your brother in the forestry department, or do you want to leave that out? Um, no, I, I, I can tell you, I mean, he, uh, he's, he had taken hundreds of reports, you know, working in, in, uh, Washington and as, as a wilderness ranger, I mean, he was a forest firefighter, wilderness ranger. He, you know, he, he hiked the trails by himself, you know, for, you know, a week at a time. He went into work one day and his boss, who was, who was pretty high up in the forest service, was shredding reports, not just my brother's reports, but reports from, from, uh, you know, several people that had worked there or were still worked at that same office. My, my brother, you know, he's like, well, what, what are you doing? You know, I mean, this is a treasure trove of information. His boss stopped, looked at him and said, look, if we prove these things exist, there'd be no mining, haunting, logging, anything ever again in these mountains. Okay. Do, do you understand that? And, and it, honestly, it made a lot of sense. You know, it did make a lot of sense. I mean, I'd hate to see what would happen if uh, if they were proven to exist. And people that own rural properties or that live in areas that may be sensitive, you know, because the first thing that happened is, is they'd be labeled an, an endangered species, you know. And honestly, I mean, I, I, I live in the mountains, but there's there's quite a few people that, that live in my area, you know, up and down the canyon. You know, I, I couldn't imagine what would happen if they said, well, this area here is, you know, a Bigfoot area. Um, so you're all going to have to move out of here. You know, I mean, it's it just, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not out to prove that they exist. That's not my thing. Um, my whole thing is just letting I don't know, being what the BFRO told me was an, a habituation scenario, um, that you, so far we've been able to, to exist with these things, you know, I mean, it's, I, I don't know, talking about it, you know, you think people are going to say, oh, you, you're just a crackpot, you know, you, you, you really don't know what's going on, I mean, maybe, maybe you saw something else, and, and it's like, yeah, you know, there's, <laughs> There's just too many things that have gone on up there that, you know, at the house that, that that just don't make sense, you know? Have you talked to your brother about your sighting? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, I just talked to him a few days ago, and he was, uh, he, he's working, he's working as a, well, he has multiple sclerosis, so he, he, he's still working for the Forest Service, but, uh, he went up to a couple of lakes up near Mount Adams, you know, just take care of the, you know, the, the, the uh, 
outhouses and make sure the campsites are all ready to go. And uh, we went to one lake, and people were saying, yeah, there was these, this screaming going on last night. And it, there was, it sounded like an older one and a younger one. And he's, my brother kind of chuckled, and he goes, oh, yeah, well, what did it sound like, you know? And so the woman made, like, you know, her own impression of it. He kind of laughed. Then he drives a couple of miles to the next lake where there's a campground. And the people there were saying, well, there was a screaming going on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I know the area that, that, that he's, uh, that he works in and it's, uh, it's, it, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's an area where we go huckleberry picking every year, you know, um, it's, uh, and I, I could, I could, I could see that happening, you know, it's not too far from the Indian heaven wilderness and, and, uh, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I could totally see, you know, how people, you know, people up where, where he works, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty accustomed, accustomed to the, to the stories and everything, just like where I'm at, you know, which isn't too far away from where he works, but, uh. Did he give you any input as far as information or anything, any data he's collected over the years? Did he come forward and say, hey, you know what, I do this, don't do this? No, it, it, it sounds like the the Forest Service put a gag order on anybody who was working in that area. Um, they were pretty much told not to discuss it. You know, you're not supposed to use certain terms. Um, now that, you know, he, 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 he wasn't with the Forest Service for a little while. He was with Fish and Wildlife for a little bit. He went back to the Forest Service, and it's so he he really doesn't talk a whole lot about it, and he doesn't mention anything by name. But it sounds like there's there's a you know some repercussions if 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 you use certain terms. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting that you say that because one of the it kind of confirms what back when we were doing the insider episodes and down the rabbit hole episodes uh there was a forest ranger that was emailing her boss uh talking about sasquatch in the area and she got reamed pretty hard for he was saying don't use that in email don't use that term in emails um talk to your supervisor basically they shut her down for even using that in an email uh which i thought was interesting yeah and you know i, I i'm I work on projects that have, you know, federal funding and whatnot, and it, I understand how the, how, 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 how they can shut people down, you know. I mean, if you want to keep your job, and if you're making good money, you just don't say certain things, you know. I mean, they, they, they can't really stop you from alluding to things, but, but like I said, he has MS, he's, he's, he's disabled. There, where he lives, there's not really very many job options, so... You know, he pretty much has to toe the line. So, and, and you know, it's sad to say, but I mean, that's the way it is. Yeah, and I don't blame him for that. I mean, I, I you can't blame someone for that. I wanted to ask you, going back to your sighting, can you kind of describe? Now, you were like forty feet away, weren't you? It was within forty yards. I mean, I was close enough to where I could see his, the color of his eyes. Um, he was uphill for me, and the. Like I said, it was in a boulder field uh, with woods not, I mean, maybe maybe another 40 feet away. Um, it was in a, in a power line cut. And, uh, yeah, 
really don't know how to how to describe it. I mean, it was just like a guy was standing there, you know. It's a, his face kind of reminded me of, of, of a Neanderthal, you know. I mean, when I, was, when I was looking at him, you know, I was thinking, you know, I was looking at the breadth of his shoulders. I mean, he must have been four feet, you know, through the shoulders. And I remember thinking, I mean, this guy could run down here, rip my arms off my body, and beat me to death with him, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, just I mean, huge. It was, but it was it wasn't a threatening kind of thing, you know. It was after after I said, okay, well, I figured uh, I'm kind of done here, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to go anywhere in that direction. Um, figured I'd start heading back home, and once I got into the tree line, you know, with the with the matching of my footfall, you know. On the on the, the leaves that were starting to fall, I mean that that uh that really creeped me out. I mean, I even stopped at one point on on a on a boulder, uh, lit a smoke, had it, you know, stood there for a couple of minutes, looked around, couldn't see, couldn't hear anything. As soon as I you know dropped off that boulder, I heard a sound like somebody up above and behind me dropping off a boulder. You know, I'm like, okay, this this really is happening. You know, this this guy is following me. <laughs> you know? I never I never saw him after that. I mean, I've had a couple of incidences where, you know, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily come out and say that yeah, I saw another Bigfoot or whatnot. But there's been a couple other incidences where where um, like through a window, you know. Um, stepping out front for, for a smoke and something just jumping off the hill from the corner of the house. I mean, things like that. Um, we had this dog. He, he lived to be 15 years old. He was half wolf. And when we first moved up there, I mean, we did everything we could do to keep him from chasing the, 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 uh, critters off. You know, I mean, there's deer, there's bobcats. I mean, you know, he, he, he chased everything he could. But as he got, you know, his last few years of his life, he just couldn't do what he, <laughs> he used to do. He was never allowed in our in our uh, bedroom. And at night, every so often, we'd find him. You know, we were like, well, where's the dog at? We'd find him curled up in the back corner of our walk-in closet, just shaking like a leaf. The last time I saw him do that, I put on my, uh, my slippers, and I went out one of the back doors. And as quietly as I could, I started moving my way around towards the front of the house. Now, the front of the house is where the parking area is, and then there's a hill. Uh, it's pretty heavily brushed. That you know, it's, it's a knoll, and it rises up on the far side of the parking lot. I started getting to the front corner of the house, and Wes, I, I tell you, I heard him talking. It, 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 I, there was at least two of them. It freaked me out. I mean, it was like what everybody calls that, you know, samurai, bad Japanese, whatever. That freaked me out. I believe you. How far away from, from you what, did you hear that gibber? Uh, it had to be within 50 yards, and they, were not, they, they weren't trying to, they weren't trying to keep it quiet or anything. In fact, I, they probably didn't even know I was out there, um, I'm assuming. But uh, it was like, it sounded like a, a big male, and then it sounded like either a smaller male or a female. I don't know which. But they were, it sounded like they were discussing something. I mean, when it comes to the window tapping and the wall slaps and stuff like that, we've got to a point where we just ignore it. You know, it's like, okay, when it happens, we ignore it. And it seems like over the last year or so, it, it's lessened. 
you know, we, we just don't give them any kind of reason for anything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working out of state right now, and, you know, my wife's been calling me up and telling me here in the last week that there's other odd things going on, the, the truck being gone through, but the tools aren't touched, you know. But there's definitely something that went through the truck. I mean, we, you know, why lock our doors? We live at the, on a dead-end gravel, you know, county road. You know, there's nobody that comes up here unless unless we know that they're coming. I mean, like the the floor mats will be all, you know, turned upside down, and uh, it just looks like something had gone through the front of the truck. But in the back seat, there's, uh, you know, my my steps or my uh, my son-in-law's tools are sitting there untouched. I mean, who's going to go through a vehicle with the intent of anything and not take tools? You know, anyone who's going to go through a going to go through the truck like that they're going to take things of value and even in the area where you're at uh people don't generally do that because in areas like that you can get shot pretty quick uh people generally and, don't and, call nine one one in some of these areas you know what i mean yeah and we have signs at the, at the bottom of our road you know keep out you know da, 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 private drive you name it we have the signs down there i mean it's it, if you turn up our driveway you are either coming there to visit us or you don't know how to read because there are signs everywhere. You know, it's a, it, it just doesn't make sense. You know, I mean, there was a, it was a few months after I had my sighting. Um, I was up on the, the ridge behind the house, um, a little south of, of where I had my sighting. I was walking, there's a, there's a, 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 a an old clear cut and then there's, at the top of the ridge, there's they, they didn't touch the trees up there. There's, you know, probably good 150-foot-tall trees, you know, nice big dug burrs. And uh, then it's dropped off into a into a canyon. And this area where I live, I mean, it, I, I would probably notice if there would have been people going up through there because I'm pretty much the only one that goes up in there. I've never seen another human up there. I was walking along the edge of this tree line just looking for, you know, the cougar scat, bear sign, you know, deer elk, whatever. I, I go up there and I, I just, you know, see what the neighbors are up to, you know. As I was walking along the, this tree line, I heard this clap. It was a, it definitely sounded like a hand clap. It was clap, 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 clap. And I stopped. And it was back off in the, in, into them, that, that stand of woods there. So I, I, I responded with the same clap you know, the same pattern. And a few seconds later, I heard a different pattern, clap, 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 clap. So I responded back again. This went on for probably about, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe, as I was just easing my way along that, that, that tree line. And I'm not saying that it's, that it's this or that, but it was odd. It was definitely odd. I mean, there was something clapping their hands. I'm not saying it wasn't a person, but I'm not saying it was a Bigfoot. You know, it was just just odd things like that. You know, we we don't encourage any kind of we don't leave you know food out or anything like that. Um, the canyon that I live in, every, there's a lot of people with stories up there. A lot of people. Have you talked to your neighbors 
I don't know if you've gone into what you've actually seen, but have you talked to your neighbors to see if they have experienced similar things going on? Yeah, like I said, there's there's just I have one neighbor that lives on the same dead end forest road that I live on. He listened to my story, and he pretty much summed it all up with, uh, "Well, that's why I keep dogs," and he keeps you know three to five dogs at any given time outside in a kennel. My landlord lives down the you know up, up the road from me and across the holler and over a little ridge. Um, he and his wife will not talk about anything like that. They just clam up. I, I broached the subject a couple of times. Um, we were building a shed on the on, on my property, and we smelled that heavy beetle smell. And I'm like, hey, you guys smell that? And they were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's just, you know, they, 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 they will not discuss it. So I don't know what's going on with them. But my other neighbor, he pretty much stopped himself from telling me what, because he's lived up there since the late 80s, and uh, he pretty much stopped himself from, you know, telling me everything that he might know about the subject. Um, they they took it uh, a couple summers ago. They they were going to be gone for a few weeks, and he wanted me to watch watch his dogs. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. You know, and every day when I get home from work, I'll just, you know, head over there, make sure they're fed and watered and everything, and it's, they're great dogs, you know. I mean, they've got a nice, beautiful kennel. And there was one day I showed up, pulled down into his driveway, and uh, they just, you know, they come out. They're just happy to see, you know, oh, human, human, yeah. You know, so I went in the kennel, and I started, you know, cleaning everything up and, you know, making sure they were fed. And all of a sudden, all the dogs went into their dog houses. I mean, they, they, they quit everything they were doing, they looked up the hill, and then they all bolted into their, their individual dog houses inside the kennel. And I started smelling that B.O. smell again. And I was looking around, I'm like, eh, well, you know, must be the neighbors, you know. <laughs> you know, one of those things. But they, you know, even after I started putting the food out in their dishes, they would not come out of their dog houses. I mean, they, they just would, like, look from the door up the hill, and it's you know, I, I told my neighbor about that when he got back from his vacation. He goes, he told me, he goes, well, that's why I keep dogs. He goes, they, they don't like dogs. Um, he's the one who told me about the apple thing. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, apples? He's like, yeah, just take a bag of apples, hang them up in a tree, you know, to where raccoons or bears or anything can't get them, you know, put them up good and high, and put the date on them, on the bag. And I was like, okay. And I, I decided, okay, well, I'll do that, you know. And so I, I hung this bag of apples up to where I could see it across the, up across the holler from the front room of my house. And within two days, the bag was gone. And they were up, you know, a good 12 feet in the air. And uh, months later, I was, I was hiking the ridge, the ridge line up, you know, where that heavy timber was that I was talking about. And I ended up finding that bag. Now, the bag was not ripped open. It, you know, it was just, you know, your standard plastic, you know, five-pound bag of apples. I found that bag with the date on it. And it had been about, you know, I don't know, six months or so since I hung that bag up. But it had not been ripped open. Uh, the little plastic, uh, you know, the little bread bag cab thing that they use, that I 
couldn't find that anywhere, but it was gone, and there was no hole in the bag itself where that where that um, little plastic tab would have been. I just thought that was kind of odd, you know. I mean, that if, it, if, if it were an animal, you know, there'd be teeth marks or claw marks or something. I just thought that was odd, you know. I, I, I did that once, and then I, I kind of started thinking, you know, maybe this, Maybe giving them things is not the thing to do, you know, because we don't know anything about them, really. I mean, I, I I love all, you know, since I had my sighting, I've been into everything I can find out about, you know, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, this, that, the other thing, reading everything I can, uh, things on the Internet and whatever. And I just love these people that call themselves experts. It's like, well, how can you be an expert on something that is not even really proven, you know? It's... I mean, I, I know I know what what I've been through. It, I mean, to, to 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 people that haven't been through it, I mean, it just sounds like I'm a crackpot, you know. I mean, I, and I really don't care what people think of me. I mean, I could give two dog turds down a deep dark hole, you know what they think. I mean, until you've experienced it, it's, it's, it is what it is. I mean, and you're right. I mean, a lot of people who think they're an expert or say they're an expert, you know, it kind of makes me cringe a little bit because uh, unless you have one in your garage that you're studying, we, you're right, we really don't know uh, what, you know, We I think we have a pretty good description. You know, a lot of these guys go out in the woods and they do whatever they do in the woods. Uh, I, I know the guys down, down south, Bob Garrett and those guys, I can tell you, I, I feel like they know what they're doing. Uh, just because in the short amount of time I was down there, there was a ton of results based on the stuff they were doing. But even those guys will be first to tell you, hey, we re- really know very, very little about these things. You know, everyone down there has a different opinion on what they are, which is okay. You know, I, I don't hold, you know, because no one really knows what they are. But even those guys will disagree on what these things are down there. But they do produce results I guess the point I'm trying to make is you're right. No one's really an expert. And to say this happens or that happens based on this, we're more or less just guessing. Last year, 4th of July, um, you know, where, where we live, a lot of times you can't have fireworks because we live in the woods, you know. And you can't go burning the woods down because you can blow off a few fireworks. But last year, uh, our part of the mountains was wet enough to where, you know, we we, we could launch mortars and we could, you know, have bottle rockets and all that kind of stuff. And so, 4th of July last year, you know, we're shooting guns and we have our own little pistol range out front, you know, in the house there. And, uh, you know, once the sun went down, I mean, we were shooting guns off, shotguns, pistols, rifles, you name it. Uh, once the sun went down, then we were like, hey, let's bust out some mortars. You know, we spent, you know, four or five hundred bucks on some on some fireworks, you know, they're like, hey, you know, we got a little extra money, let's, you know, we can actually do this this year, you know, and so we were launching mortars off, I mean, you know, I mean, for a good hour and a half, we are just blowing stuff up. Well, we went and put the grandkids to bed, and there was five of us adults out in, in the backyard having a drink, and something's walking around, and it really sounded like it was on two feet, something's walking around in the woods below the house. Now, I know a little bit about bears from being a hunter and stuff. You know, I've, I've hunted bear for well, the last nine years or so. You you shoot off one uh, whistling peep or whatever, 
them bears are gone. They're not going to be around <laughs> you at all. Yeah, every now, wild every wild that, animal within a hundred yards is gone. Yeah, and what's going to be coming around the house right after you know a, a few hours of shooting off guns and fireworks? What's going to be walking around the house there after all that? I mean, <laughs> we when we heard everybody heard it, we were all like, "Hear that? Yep, yep." And they're like, "Well, it's time to go in." Let's go in and have a shot of whiskey, you know, screw this. <laughs> We're just done being outside at that point. Um, you know, I mean, I've seen the eyes shine at night at the top of the driveway. I mean, definitely something that moves around at night that does not care that we're outside or not. I mean, I'm not saying one thing or another, but it's just, it's just strange. I mean, above the house where I told you about that knoll, in front of the house, there's, over the years, we've found spots, and there's this one spot in particular where uh, all the brush is matted down in, like, a 10-foot diameter area. Now, when bears decide that they're going to take a nap, they just curl up, you know, in in a little spot, you know, not 10 feet in diameter. Um, I've found matted, matted down areas outside of my bedroom window in the grass where it looked like something heavy had been laying. It's just, it's just bizarre. I mean, it's, it's just something we deal with. I mean, we've never had a negative experience, you know. It's just kind of, kind of creepy. I mean, and I've, I've spent, I've spent, you know, a lot of time in the mountains by myself. I mean, hiking and hunting and whatnot. You know, I've, I've, I've stayed in some pretty remote areas in the Cascades um, overnight for several nights. I fell asleep next to the fire in the backyard one night, and I woke up, and I tell you, Wes, I was so, I don't know what it was, I I'm, i don't know what it was, I'm, but I was creeped out. I was just scared, and I could not get that 40 feet to my back door fast enough. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, we've, we've got cougar on our game cams, we get bear on our game cams, um, and, and a weird thing, and I'm not saying it's this or that. I had three game cameras in three days fail. They just quit working. Um, there was something burrowing in, into, because we have a little, um, it's an old skitter road that goes down to an old logging landing from, you know, the 80s when they logged off. And I was trying to figure out what was living in, you know, in, in this, in this uh, cut bank. Because, you know, there's like these six-inch, you know, burrows going into the, into the hillside. So I took a I took a small tree that I'd cut down and I jammed it into a, a mole hill, tied the uh, game camera to it, just you know trying to figure out what was in there. I went down the next day, game camera's dead. I mean, I changed the batteries, I checked the SD card, everything. The thing just doesn't work anymore. So I went up to the house, got another one, tied it up there, went down the next day. It's dead. Three in three days, we're dead. At other locations on the property. I mean, they, they were an older style camera, but they, they took pretty good night pictures. You know, we could get coyotes and bobcats and foxes and, you know, various other things that live up there. But every once in a while, we just get these black pictures, you know, they were just black. Like, I mean, I, it, something had to trigger the camera to take the picture, but they would just be these black pictures that would, that we'd get. And I'm not saying one way or another. I try to be objective, but it, I just found it odd, you know. I mean, these things would take great daytime photos. They take 
good nighttime black and white photos. But just to have these black pictures show up every so often was just, I, we just found that odd. I mean, here in the last week, I mean, you know, I've been working out of state. Life has been telling me that there's just weird things going on. You know, the, uh, the pump house uh, faucet has been getting turned on and off. You know, she, I mean, she, you know, there's, we have one pump house. It's not like there's multiple pump houses. You know, you know when you turn the thing on, you know when you turn it off. Um, we've had lawn furniture uh, flipped upside down in its exact same spot. Uh, we have a, a, the middle boy, he, he wrecked a Jeep uh, on an ice storm uh, not too far from the house a couple of years ago. And we've been selling parts off that. The, uh, the tarp, I, I, I was home a few weeks ago, you know, I got home and uh, went in. It was just my wife and I at the house at the time. You know, the kids were gone and the grandkids were gone. She steps out front. She goes, why did you take the tarp off the Jeep? I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And I go out and look, and the tarp had been removed from the Jeep on the far side from the door. And there were no tears in the tarps. There was, the bungees were fine. And, you know, living in a rainforest, you know how to bungee things down. Um, there was that. We've had our garbage cans turned upside down. You know, you come out in the morning, you go to work, and the garbage cans turned upside down. In the same exact location where we keep the garbage cans, it's just completely turned upside down. It's like, well, why is the garbage upside down? <laughs> you know? right, it's yeah. just a multitude of things that, that happen. Uh, you know, like the truck being gone through and the tool's still there. I mean, you know, who's going to do that? You know, why are they going to... Why is anybody going to do this? And for one, you're you're in a rural area. If you get caught, hey, we all have guns. You know, we have multiple guns. We live in the woods. I mean, I shot a, a, a bear 23 yards from the front door one time, you know, an aggressive bear. I mean, you just don't play around in the woods like that, you know, especially on people's private property. I don't know. It's, it's I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, cut and run because I love where I live. I really do. The way I look at it, as long as they let us have the daytime, they can have the nighttime. Just, you know, <laughs> keep the doors locked. <laughs> and we have heard the, the rattling of the of the doorknobs in the middle of the night. I mean, we've, we've had that happen. We had, uh, I got home from work a couple of years ago, and my wife says, oh, come up front, I want to show you something. I go up front, I'm thinking, oh, great, the rabbits were eating her flowers in the flower bed. She points. She points at the at the flower bed, and one of her flowers is completely smashed flat. And it was right before it was in September. It was right before the rains hit, and there was a footprint. And it was it was dry. It was real dry soil, but you can you can see the outline of a footprint. That I wear a size 10, 10, 10 and a half. Um, this footprint was a foot, uh, an inch wider on either side of my foot, and probably five or six inches longer than my boot. And I looked up, and it was right underneath this eight-foot bolted window in the front room. And my wife steps back, and she goes, I ain't saying, I ain't saying. And I looked at my wife, and I was like, you know, I always wondered if they looked in that window. <laughs> but, I mean, it was just, you know, just things happen, you know. And, and it's not like we're extremely far out. You know, there's, there's probably another 60, 70 mailboxes up the river, up the canyon before you actually hit the hit the uh, the national forest or the state forest. 
but um, I think they live a lot closer to, to people than what we give them credit for, you know. I really don't think you have to go out, you know, 30 miles deep into the woods to, to find something like that, you know. And I would tend to agree with you. I think most sightings, I think people would be shocked how close they are to um, other homes, you know. that you really, You're right. You really don't have to go 30, 40 miles out in the middle of nowhere uh, in order to encounter these things. The gibber that you heard, can you kind of describe it? I mean, have you heard anything else like that online, or have you tried to go find that same type of sound? Oh, the, the chatter? That, that, was, that was a one-time thing. Um, I, I have heard, now it's weird, because you know people talk about the rock clacking and stuff. The only time we ever hear the rock clacking is, is usually in the morning. And like I said, you know, we'll sit out at night and we'll crank up the radio and, you know, have some drinks and have a fire or whatnot. But the rock clacking, I mean, it sounds like somebody playing the spoons, you know, except with rocks. And it's like, it's always like a, like a heavy metal kind of drum beat, you know, like, you know, and I had my, uh, my nephew, he stayed a couple of nights up there and his dad is, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a, hunting guide, you know, for elk and deer. Uh, he doesn't really bear hunt, but uh, he, he's a guide. And one morning we're out having our coffee, and I'm like, hey, you hear that? And he goes, yeah, what is that? And it's down the hill, you know, into the brush and stuff. And I'm like, well, it sounds like rocks, right? And he's like, yeah. And, you know, my wife and the kids and I were, you know, my kids are all in their 20s now, but, you know, we, we we're, it's kind of weird to get used to it, you know? And I'm like, what do you think of that, Joey? And he goes, uh, I don't know. Well, it's definitely rocks. I'm like, yeah. What do you think about that? And he goes, well, is it a squirrel? I'm like, well, squirrels don't use rocks. And he, he, I mean, we're just standing there. I mean, for us, it's like, you know, old hat, you know, for my nephew, he was, he was just kind of, he was really tripped out about it. And I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, the only time we hear this is in the morning. And I mean, what, what else could it be but somebody smacking rocks together? You know, I mean, it kind of sounds like flat rocks. And to be honest with you, there's, there's a quarry not too far away. You know, we do live on a mountain made of rock and there's a quarry, you know, right, right there pretty much. I, I just can't imagine one of the quarry workers hanging out, you know, in this thick brush that, I mean, it's, it's hard to move through that stuff. I mean, there's, there's a, uh, there's a spring-fed pond that's just over the ridge from where I live. I've tried to get to that thing a few different times, and I just come out bloodied and bruised. I mean, it's so hard to move through that that dense kind of underbrush. You know, I mean, like I said, the whole area was logged off in the 80s, and it's, it shows. I mean, it, it really shows. While you're out of town, did your wife mention, does it seem like activity went up, or does it seem like it's about the same? It, 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 there's really no pattern to it. I mean, we can go months without anything happening that we notice. And then here in the last three, four weeks, it's just, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know? I mean, there's, there's a river, you know, about 500 feet below in elevation below where we live. And there's some pretty, pretty good sized salmon and steelhead runs that come up that river. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I mean, you know, where I live, you know, we, we tend to get snow every winter. 
I've never seen a, a track in the snow. I've never seen a track in the snow. It seems like springtime and fall, we tend to get more more things happening. But it, it, when all the kids had moved out, and it was just my wife and I living there, it seemed like that was the height of the activity. That's when the stones were being left on the porch. Uh, I don't think I mentioned that yet. Um, it's happened a few times where there's a pyramid of, of river stones that, you know, smaller than a golf ball, are piled up right dead center of the front porch. Um, I, you know, if somebody's messing with us, that's a pretty good way to do it. But there was that, that's happened a few times, and that was when it was just my wife and I living there before the kids moved back in. Um, there's we have a, a, a little campsite on that old log uh, logging landing. Um, you know, it's it's all grown up with grass, and we keep it mowed, and we have a fire pit down there. And for a while there, for a couple of years, every so often there'd be metal items left in the fire pit. And every time, you know, whether it was like old only cans, you know, the pull top kind of only uh, beer cans, uh, come alongs, logging chain, uh, just just random metal stuff was being left in in the fire pit. And every time there was something left in the fire pit, there would be two alder sticks about the size of my fingers left in a cross on top of whatever was left in there. Uh, I'm not saying one way or another. I mean, maybe I have a weird neighbor that likes messing with people, but it's, it's just bizarre, you know, just bizarre things that you just wouldn't expect living in, in the hills like that, you know? Um, and, yeah, and, and, that is bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, and, and I try to be, a, I, like I said, Les, you know, I try to be objective about this stuff. I mean, it's, it's, no, I, bl- I don't want to say, I believe you. I mean, and that's what I like is that you're you're detail oriented on the stuff you're finding. Some of it might be Sasquatch related, some of it may not be, but I like the fact that you're taking note of everything you see going on. Yeah, I, I my my wife has just uh, here in the last few months started keeping a logbook. Um, I don't know why I didn't start doing this previously. I mean, especially with the kind of work I'm involved in, everything everything is documented. But uh, she started keeping a logbook, and um, it's you know, like I said, like I said before, I, I, I really don't want them to be proved to exist. To be honest with you, because what is that going to do to everybody that lives in outside of a city or a suburb? You know, the the only other side of that coin, though, is you know there is violent encounters that do happen. There is bad encounters that do happen. I realize that you haven't experienced that here on your property, and I can appreciate that. You know, like the Browns' property, I don't think they've really had anything bad happen in that area, and everyone generally in that area knows about it, and they just kind of leave them alone. Well, and, and that's, that's what I told the BFRO, you know. I mean, I had I even had Animal Planet call me up, you know, after I submitted my report, and uh, I told them, no, I don't, you know, that don't do an investigation up here. Just leave them alone. If they got a good thing going, leave them be, you know. And I don't, I don't want a bunch of yahoos up here hooting and hollering in the middle of the night, you know. Because what, what's going to happen? They're going to take off. I still live there, you know. Well, that could happen. And then the other side of the coin, uh, going back to proving them that they're real, it'd be nice if they would just acknowledge these things are real because people who may encounter or be in a bad position have really have no clue what they're running into. 
Um, yeah. You're right though with the, with, and I'm not going to, uh, the BFRO, I think, um, you know, there's with anything, there's good people, there's bad people, but in situations like yours, I usually tell people, be, don't, we don't know how they'll react and there can be very unpredictable and they do seem to have short tempers. Generally speaking, you don't want to piss them off at that point and now turn a situation to where, uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, just like bears in the area or cougars in the area, you know, you're, you're not having an issue with them. Now you've pissed them off. Makes you wonder about the last guy that was there popping shots off, leaving in the middle of the night, you know, uh, things you know, can go yeah, bad. He, his wife left one night. He left the very next night. And then with the damage to the house, I mean, and, and the guy that I worked with, he told me, he goes, he goes, I just watched this guy poke animals right from the backyard. And it's easy to do. You know, I mean, we have deer that come right up to the back porch, you know. I mean, I'm a hunter, but I don't hunt, I don't hunt the deer on my property. You know, it's, it's kind of cool having them around, you know. But, you know, it's just I shot everything that, that moved. And I mean, there's been, there's, there's been a lot of times where, you know, you, you can't see what's going on, but you can hear things just inside of the tree line. As I, I, I try to be as ethical as possible. I mean, as a hunter, you know, I, I will not pull the trigger unless I know what I'm looking at and I know what's beyond my target. You know, I, in fact, there's people I, I won't hunt with because of their ethics, you know. Uh, the day I had my sighting, I had my 45 on my hip. I never even thought of drawing it when I seen that guy because he, he was too human, you know. I mean, his face and everything, I mean, it was, it was different than what, you know, your average human looks like, but it, you know, like I said, he, he seemed more Neanderthal than anything. And he was actually pretty handsome, you know. <laughs> I have to say it. He was, he was a good looking fella. And he was definitely the boss of the woods, you know. I mean, it's it, it was. I got that. I got that impression, you know. I don't like. Uh, I don't like people trying to put human uh, attributes onto animals or things like that. But honestly, I can see the intelligence in his eyes. I can see the curiosity, you know. In the same way that you know, when you look at a chimp's eyes or a gorilla or something, uh, you can see the intelligence. Even with dogs, you know, you can see that they. They, they know what's going on, you know? Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Absolutely. And it's interesting, too, that uh, <laughs> you say he's a good-looking fellow. I think most people that see him think they're the ugliest thing they've ever seen. I will say more in the Pacific Northwest. I don't really – I haven't heard too many people say that. Mainly down south is where I get a lot of the – it was the ugliest thing yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, I've, I've been working down south down here, you know, I'm in South Carolina right now. I've been here for six months. I spent most of the last year in, in Louisiana. Louisiana, yeah, the people down there are really open to the idea, you know, of, and, and I actually ran into people that, that where they saw something big and ugly out in the swamps and stuff. Um, but the, it, it seems like from everything I've read that they're a little bit shorter and a little bit uglier in the south. You know, some of the, some of the stories I've heard from my brother and other people that I, that I, that I know or have known for years. And when I came forward and started talking about this, this issue, they came out and said, Oh yeah, you know, when I was 10 years old, I seen a big black one, you know, on my, my grandpa's property. You know, and then some of the stories my brothers relate to me. It's, it sounds like the ones that we have in the Northwest are a little bit bigger and not quite as, 
second, I guess. The ones here in the Northwest, they definitely are larger and they have a different look than I think. It's interesting you mentioned the Neanderthal. I get most of the Neanderthal-type comments, um, I would say, more on the East Coast. I do get them occasionally here in Washington, but a lot of people in here in Washington will say more ape-like. The description's the same. The hooded nose you talked about, um, the eyes. The uh, how I wanted to ask you, what did the mouth look like? The mouth was it, it was set lower than you know proportionally than a than a human, um, but it was it was a wide mouth with thin lips. Uh, the jawline was just extraordinary. I mean, it was a, a heavy jawline. That was it was a, an impressive jaw, uh, but the the mouth, you know, at, at one point during our little stare down, um, I don't know if he smelled something or heard something, but he kind of turned his his head and his upper body, and uh, through his hair, I could see an ear that looked just like your ear, my ear, anybody else's ear. You know, I mean, the, the nose was kind of wide and flat. It was definitely not a snout. Eyes were deep set. The brow line was was real heavy, uh, real heavy, and he and he had the you know the classic uh, cone sloped forehead, you know, head, you know, going up to 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 a, not a point but to a kind of a, a cone shape. But his his hair, I mean, I was really impressed with with his hair. I mean, it was his skin color was was grayish tan. But his hair was, it looked like it had been combed. I mean, it really looked like he'd been groomed. You know, the hair on his head, the hair on his shoulders. Um, he didn't have so much hair down on his upper chest, which is, all, you know, I could only see from his upper chest on up. He, I mean, he, he, he looked well taken care of. I mean, he, he looked old. As I was staring at him, I recall thinking, you know, this is what everybody's talking about. You know, this is what people, you know, growing up in the Northwest, being fifth generation. You've heard all the campfire stories. And, you know, you, everybody knows somebody who's seen a Sasquatch, you know. And when I was when I was staring at him, you know, it was just like, wow, you know. I mean, this 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 is the real deal, you know. This is it, you know. I mean, <laughs> this is what people have told me about, you know. Just just with all the other stuff that's going on around the house, everything started coming together after the fighting, you know. And then for the last, you know, four years, it's just just weird weird stuff, you know, I mean, if it, if it was, if it was people doing this, I probably would have shot them by now, you know, like I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm not one to just whip a gun out and start blasting away, but. Yeah, but, uh, no, and I, and I can understand that. I, I'm the same way, you know, and, and I'm, I share, you know, I share your ethics in hunting, uh, you know, or, or any time with a gun, you know, it's, uh, once you pull that trigger, you can't take that bullet back, so you better be sure. And, and I, I think I think we talked about that uh, before, where you know, down south, down here in the south, there is so much land, and and in the in the northwest, you know, there's so much publicly held land, you know, government land, where I think people in the south are are more apt to just start busting rounds off, whereas in the northwest, you know, when you when you go out hunting, you're on it's almost entirely public land, you know. So when you encounter other people when you're out hunting, you realize, well, it is public land. It's not, you know, my place to say this thing. This is where I'm hunting. You can't be here, you know. 
So I, I think people in the Northwest are, are, are less, or in the West generally, are less likely to just start shooting at things. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bad-mouthing people in the South or anything like that. It's just there's a, a lot more privately held land in the South. No, and I think you're right. I think that people are more apt to probably pull the trigger. And, and like you said, it has to do with more of private property versus public property. You know, and you're right out here. We have small sections that are private property, but the surrounding area is public land. And, you know, I think people are probably less likely to pull the trigger out here in the Northwest than, let's say, Texas or Oklahoma or Louisiana. Um, they might be more apt to go ahead and pull the trigger, or Kentucky might be more apt to pull the trigger as opposed to ones out here. When you get back here to Washington, man, I'd love to come out check the area out if if uh the offer still stands oh yeah you bet man alan i want to thank you for coming on the show i appreciate you being here and appreciate you sharing your experiences like i said i know uh, not everyone has that attitude of you know well i don't care what people think of me i know how hard it is though in the same breath to come forward and talk about uh some things going on especially some of the weirder things going on so thank you for coming on Hey, Wes, I really appreciate what you guys, the forum you guys have set up. It's, it's, it's comfortable, it's, it's informative, and it's down to earth. I, I just think you guys got one of the best things going. So, and you guys at the offer stands, man, we'll, we'll, we'll hook up and maybe have a barbecue or something. Uh, I'd love to. I'd love to anytime. All right. Well, I appreciate it, sir. Thanks for being here tonight, everyone. I really appreciate you listening. We're going to close out the show a little bit differently than we normally do. You know, at the beginning of the show, I talked about Michael Kilkors. Uh, here's a guy that uh, was diagnosed with cancer and was basically told, you're going to die. And he looked into the face of cancer and said, no, I'm not. Uh, and he beat cancer. And Mike, you know, like I said, your kind words meant the world to me. You know, you're an inspiration to me. I'm, I'm a nobody, man. Um, I, you know, I'm not an inspiration. I shouldn't be an inspiration to you. You're an inspiration to me. I'm just some schmuck who has a podcast. Some people might look at your situation and call it a miracle, but, um, I think it's the will of a strong man that beat cancer. And Mike, this one's going out to you tonight. Have a great night, everyone. Call it magic Call it true Call it magic When I'm with you And I just got broken Broken into I call it magic
Yes, I do.